Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Our Heart for Teaching. Tonight, I am excited to bring you Vernon Wright at the right leader, therightspeaker.com, and zeroapologyzone.com founder. Vernon is an entrepreneur, speaker, life coach, consultant, and leader. He has over 18 years of experience in education, working in large urban school districts, and has previously served in the roles of teacher, teacher leader, campus leadership team member, and district level support. Vernon has shared his experiences as a speaker numerous times over the years at the campus, district, regional, state levels, and beyond, garnering acclaim and accolades from recognized industry leaders and colleagues. He has even impacted educators on a global scale with his message reaching people from afar in collaboration with Microsoft Edu and Q Inc. Vernon has brought his unique style and combination of insight, storytelling, experience, humor, authenticity, and epiphanies to audiences for years. He knows that real change begins when we first start with authenticity and altruism within ourselves and then commit to creating a vision for future impact. Vernon has established presence on Twitter and other social media at the right leader across all platforms and he unabashedly stands as a voice for the people with zero apologies, zeroapologyzone.com. You can connect with Vernon's previous speaking and podcast appearances at therightspeaker.com where you can get a first-hand look at his style. He is committed to a life of inspiring and elevating others. He does this with a relentless focus on informing minds and touching hearts around the globe. Listeners, I am so excited and privileged to bring you today's interview with Mr. Vernon Wright. Thank you again for listening to Our Heart for Teaching. Thank you and welcome to another episode of Our Heart for Teaching, and I appreciate your patience through the summer break. I decided to take some self-care time as well, and I hope that you guys are excited for the brand new school year. This afternoon, I have the excellent privilege of speaking with Mr. Vernon Wright. He is a speaker, author, consultant, and leader, or SACL, as he likes to refer to himself. Welcome, Vernon, to the show. Yes, thank you so much. And let me just go ahead and say this to everyone that is out there that's listening, uh, you know, whether you're listening to this live on tape replay, whether you're at home, whether you're at the gym, whether you, um, you know, are in your car, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, let me say that it's no coincidence that our paths have come together. It's no coincidence that our paths have crossed. Um, this is a special moment. And I will tell you that uh, your podcast host, A Heart for Teaching, what a great username there, um, is really passionate. And uh, when our paths crossed immediately, I saw the passion that uh, she had for the work she's doing in her space to help elevate others. So I'm just going to say this here real quick before we get started. Flat on break any show rules, <laughs> but if I do in advance, folks, forgive me. Right? Uh, is this uh, typically, typically, right? Uh, when we when we tend to come together, we tend to have some really great pro tips that are dropped. Hashtag the right pro tips. So uh, I fully believe and I'm fully confident this time will be no different. And uh, so be prepared, high tech, low tech, or anywhere in between, however you take notes, be prepared. Of course, we always give the disclaimer, 
If you are driving or operating heavy machinery or doing something else similar to that, please do not attempt to take notes. Uh, please go ahead and be safe and obviously replay this episode later on when you are stationary and you're safe and you're able to do that. And uh, I do think that it is one that we're all going to listen to multiple times, but what a great honor to be here on the show with you. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Awesome. Well, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, and what you're all about in education. Yeah, absolutely. Again, let me uh, start off by saying thank you. Uh, what an honor, privilege, and pleasure to be here on the show with you all. Um, I, I tell you, I, I'm immensely, immensely blessed to have been on shows before, um, but I will tell you every single time that I'm on a show, um, whether it, it has a small group of listeners or a lot of listeners or somewhere in between, each and every time is special and is special this time, obviously very much so as well. The name is Vernon Wright on social media, all major socials, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn as well, if you we have folks out there on LinkedIn, at sign, the T-H-E, Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, leader, L-E-A-D-E-R, at sign, the right leader across all major socials. If you'd like to see some of my work, just simply go to the right leader. Dot com speaker, author, consultant, leader, started out many, 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 many moons ago in this very, very small town none of you have ever heard of called Dallas, Texas, being a little facetious there, just paying attention, and uh, was privileged to do a lot of different things, serving a lot of different roles down the road, went back to school, got my master's degree in leadership, and they officially got into the teacher ranks before then I was a teacher leader. And uh, have had some wonderful opportunities to go on and, and support administration uh, and be a part of administrative duties, if you will, the administrative team at the campus level, and then also support, also support at a district level as well. Uh, and then somewhere in there, uh, begin this thing called speaking, uh, which has been really, really, really great and has allowed me to go ahead and travel to different places. Uh, New Jersey, Philadelphia, California, of course, obviously multiple uh, locations here in Texas. And so just immensely grateful to be here with you all. And I want to say this real quick, because uh, that's a lot of stuff, right? That's a lot. Uh, of course, co-authored a book as well. But, you know, really looking at all of that, the main number one thing is this, and this is a great place to take notes if you're not taking notes already folks great place to take notes uh some of you all may be familiar with the late great dr stephen covey one of the things the late great dr stephen covey said is he said and i'm paraphrasing a little bit because i may not necessarily get it verbatim but here we go right it's something i, I speak of often simply he said this keep the main thing the main thing let me go ahead and say that one again keep the main thing the main thing. And one more time, because repetition is our friend, the late, great Dr. Stephen Covey, keep the main thing, the main thing. Well, Vernon, what is the main thing? The main thing simply is this. What are we doing to go ahead and elevate others? What are we doing to elevate others in alignment with our calling? And so in my life, um, people have asked me on different shows, uh, tell us about some of the game-changing moments in your life. Number one, when I became determined to become a person that took action and then right alongside with that, really concurrently with it, tie, if you will, using a sports analogy, 
uh, was really understanding my calling in life and while I'm here on why I am here on this earth. And then uh, things took off, folks. So if you're listening to this and you're not sure about your calling, you're wondering what one of your next steps might be after this episode, uh, explore your calling. And then obviously, too, as well, uh, start thinking about becoming a person that takes action if you are not that type of person already. And another great place to take notes. Uh, this is a question I ask those that are in my space professionally and those that are in my space personally. Uh, I ask many different questions, which is a great technique and a great thing to do as you're questioning strategies and skills. But I often ask this simple question, great place for you to take notes again. And it is this, what is the next right step to take? Let me repeat that one one more time. What is the next right step to take? What is the next right step to take? And then we take that step. So um, again, what an honor and a privilege to be here with you today on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, I love it. And you're already off to a great start, especially the, you know, take action, because how many of us sit there and we have this big dream of what we would want to do, but you know what, we're got that fear of failure or that I'm not good enough to do this, you know, the imposter syndrome of like, well, what if they know the real me, but just taking the steps to get out there and do it. I know in my education career, I sat there for years before one, before I decided to be myself because, you know, weird little quirky me didn't want to you know, look different than every other type A teacher. And then two, just, you know, the desire of like, you know, my purpose is really for, you know, finding the heart of these kids, making sure that they go for it, but I wasn't living my dream. So I love that you're like, take those action steps. And it truly makes a huge difference when you just take that first brave step of like, you know, practice what you preach and get out there and do it. And you're so much happier when you do. So I love that you have already shared that. Thank you so much. Like, that's awesome. Like you're speaking to my heart right here. Like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Well, well tell I will me. tell you that yeah. Go ahead. a lot of people, well, I was just going to say real quick, you know, a lot of people have faith and faith is great and faith is what we need and uh, faith is essential. Um, it's not something that's recommended. It's not something that's highly suggested. Faith is an essential. And so we have to have that. But part of what makes faith, what faith really is, is taking action. And so I explain it and I see it and I look at it this way as it myself for myself through this lens, action, taking action is what activates my faith. And let me repeat that one, one more time. Taking action is what activates my faith. Taking action is what activates my faith. So in other words, I have this goal, I have this desire, I have this thing that I want to reach, and that's great. And uh, how many of you are out there are science folks and you know the term dormant? Like if something's just sitting there, or it's sleeping, or it's in this inactive state. And so when we take action, we, we flip it from dormant to active. Uh, it's kind of like for those out there that might be physics folks, uh, I certainly am not one uh, in terms of being an expert, but uh, you know, you have potential energy. And so faith in many instances can be potential energy. And when we take action, we turn that potential energy into kinetic energy. I love that. All right, Vernon, can you tell me a little bit about what it was like? Because we all have our 
previous experiences that make us who we are, but what was it like when you were a kid and going through school? Because obviously you've ended up in the huge education world and now you're making an impact on several of us. So what were you like as a student in school? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Like what drove your passion to go into education world? Yeah, you know, I will tell you this, and it's an interesting story. I'll try to condense it. But um, I was kind of an average kid, kind of an average uh, kind of situation, kind of an average deal. And uh, even interestingly enough, in elementary school, uh, I had a teacher once upon a time that that uh, that teacher and I really didn't get along. And I think that teacher, if I remember correctly, had was kind of talking about potentially recommending me for tutoring and some other stuff. And uh, let's just say that they were not president of my fan club. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, got into middle school and, uh, you know, you know, really liked being around my friends, had some great experiences there and uh, started to do a little bit better grade wise. And when I say a little bit better, I wasn't doing bad before, but rather than being maybe A's and B's started to be kind of in that tier of either high B's to all A's. And then, of course, transitioned from middle school into high school. And what's really interesting is, is my freshman year of high school, I kind of went through kind of this, this process of almost kind of uh, trying to really determine what my way forward was going to be. And so slipped a little bit in high school and to kind of be in kind of in that A-B range. And uh, I hit my sophomore year and things took off. Now, I want to say something because people are probably wondering, you know, wow, Vernon, you know, uh, how did you go from kind of being just an quote unquote average student your freshman year of high school and you went to really being this student that was really a top tier National Honor Society type of student as a sophomore, um, which I did get straight A's as a sophomore in high school. That was the beginning of, of that streak. Um, but one of the things that happened was, and this is a great place for people to take notes, I is, was a person, and some people have seen pictures of this, some of them have not. I had, as a kid growing up, really struggled with my weight and my physical appearance. And so that summer between my freshman year of high school and my sophomore year of high school, I started working out on my own. And when I got back to school, uh, it was really interesting because people will walk past me in the hall and they wouldn't even recognize who I was. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. Right. And uh, what I found out back then through living it, I didn't quite have the language like I do now, but I had reinvented myself. And I want to say this real quick for someone that's listening to this. You may be at a crossroads in your career. And I used to work for a leader many years ago. She's long since retired. And she always used to use the term decision point. And you may be at a decision point in your life. And I want to say this to you. First of all, I want to encourage you and tell you that the best is yet to come. And then the second thing I want to do is I want to tell you, you have the opportunity to reinvent yourself. You have the opportunity to reinvent yourself. And so guess what I did, folks? I reinvented myself. And I reinvented myself as this guy that was really like in shape and, and uh, lifting weights and doing all this cool stuff. And the guy that, you know, could do it in the weight room and, and really uh, hang with some of the, the 
the biggest and the strongest guys in the weight room, but also too, academically, uh, I could kind of hold my own around some of the best brains in the classroom as well. And so I really recreated myself into what I thought was really the pinnacle and the peak. And so that led me into obviously college. And an interesting story real quick about that is when I enrolled in college my freshman year, of course, Texas Wesleyan University, uh, shout out to them, txwes.edu, texwes.edu. Uh, and I do uh, proudly uh, serve on their alumni board. I was a chemistry major. And so my plan back then was to chemistry or and or do research, chemistry research at the graduate level, and then maybe go on to something at the doctoral level. And then I met this man who, who really just changed my life. And I was sitting in this freshman economics course. And uh, this gentleman, his name was Lewis Raymond McLean III, or everybody just called him Mac, M-A-C. And I changed my major because of him. I changed my whole career because of him. And although many of you out there probably, obviously prior to this podcast, never knew who Mac was, you know, obviously never Mac. I say this because there's a great lesson within that. And that is the fact that every single person that you come across with, you have the opportunity to change their lives for the better. Some impression you've made, some encouraging word you've said, some affirmation maybe you've made with them. And so he was really that for me and, and went on to just do some really, really great things for me. So graduated, bachelor's degree in economics, finance, got out into the business world, did some different things. And then I got to a certain point in my career in the business world. And basically, I was working in a group at the time where everybody in the group basically had an MBA except for yours truly. And um, I knew that in order for me to go and go to the next level, I was going to have to have an MBA. But I really wasn't jazzed at the time on getting an MBA. So I jumped over into education. And it's kind of funny because I told a lot of folks that, hey, I'm just going to be in this education thing for maybe two or three years until I find out what I want to do. And then I'm going to jet off and go into what I want to do, quote unquote, when I grow up. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> about year two or year three, I remember going to my mailbox one day and this was a very big school. So there were 130 teachers on staff. So you go to check your mailbox and it's just like this wall of mailboxes. So I go to check my mail and there's a piece of paper in there and the piece of paper was an application to become the department head. And I was kind of like, this is odd. Cause I'm just like a year, maybe like a year two teacher, maybe. And um, I said, well, maybe I said, everybody probably got it. So I started checking all the other mailboxes. It wasn't in the other mailboxes. So I was like, okay, well, let me talk to my friends. So I talked to them and they were like, and so back in those days, you know, you just call each other by your last name. Right. And they were like, right, we didn't get that. And all right, you're the only one that got that. So finally I went to my admin. She's long since retired. Nice lady. And uh, she was like, yeah, I put that in there. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Um, So you understand and you know, like I'm just a year to, she's like, I'm very well aware. And so that was a very interesting, that was a monumental point in my career. And then there's so many other monumental points, but I I just want to say that as I took steps 
And let me repeat this again, folks. I didn't know everything from A to Z and I still don't. I'm a lifelong learner. But as I took steps, as I took action in those moments, doors started to open. Let me say that again, folks. Doors started to open when I took action. I remember the first time someone came to me, I was still in the classroom and a guy was a central office guy and he came to me and he said, Hey, Mr. Wright, I really like the observation when I saw you teaching and um, I'd like for you to go ahead and do some district level professional development with me. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Sure, sir. You know, I'll come watch. I'll come to your class. And he was like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm like, well, what are you talking about, sir? Now, remember, folks, I'm, I'm just, just busy focusing on, hey, I'm just going to do this teaching gig for just a minute or two, and then I'm going to go into something else. And he said, no, I'm not talking about you being in the class. I'm talking about you helping me give it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so at that point, that's really kind of where my speaking career started to take off. Because at that point, folks, all I had really done, quote unquote, speaking wise, was at my department level. And this was at a high school. High school is about 25, 2,600 students. And so that's all I had really done speaking wise. And so started doing that district level professional development. And then fast forward down the road, got an opportunity to do that several times. I work on a lot of district level projects and then got a chance to do some stuff regionally at the state level and then down the state level. So somewhere in there, got a master's degree. And I got into this thing called leadership and fast forward down the road. And lo and behold, how did my path cross with a heart for teaching? <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, it did. And um, I just want to say this for the folks that are listening to this episode. I mean, and I, again, I'm immensely grateful to have been on a lot of shows before, but this one is very special to me. Not that the other ones aren't as well. They are, but this one is definitely special to me because of hearing you tell your story and your story is so moving. So it's a little bit about me Aww. and then obviously to honoring you as well. It, it really, I've said that to you publicly multiple times, but I wanted to say that I privately, I've said that to you, but I want to say it publicly as well so that people kind of know that. Cause I know you're a little modest. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like over here blushing, but yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Your, your story is phenomenal as well. And I love that. And some of the things that you've said, especially those key defining moments, like, you know, we meet a random stranger that we have no idea, just like completely changed our path. You know, um, I was thinking when you said that, that's interesting that you say that. And I wonder how many other educators have had that. I know for myself, my path got changed um, as crazy as it sounds in a hair salon. Um, I was, I, I think I shared in my professional development that I was a music major until I wasn't a music major. And um, I was about to get married and was getting my hair done and there was this other lady in the salon and she's like, oh yeah, what are you 
doing? I was like, well, I'm a music major. I figure I'll teach elementary music or something. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, seriously, get out of that right now. Just go switch your major to education. Drop the music part. She's like, you can teach music if you want to, because you'll have an education degree. But if you just go major education, like how many more opportunities will you have? I was like, but I'm like, one year away from graduating she's like I don't care just like switch and I took her advice like and switched and freaked my parents out because you know I'm like a year away from graduating and they're like what are you doing and uh I switched colleges moved down to South Texas and I became a Texas State Bobcat who go cats um there you go you know and I majored education and like it's been amazing and phenomenal and I don't regret any of the opportunities I had in music but just being in education has been so much more impacting and I'm happier and I'm like man if I hadn't met that lady in the hair salon I have no idea who she is I've never seen her since but she changed the course of my life you know um and I think it's crazy too I love your story about how you were just like yeah I'm gonna do the education thing for a couple of years and then go and then you know getting that application from your administrator at the time and and that opportunity to speak how life impacting that is and I think the opportunities we get in education are crazy too you know and they can be positive or negative at the time and I think that they're very impactful Um, for me while you were sharing that story I thought you know mine wasn't so positive necessarily because I've told you and expressed again like I tried to hide who I really was for years trying to Mm -hmm. copy everybody else and there was a point in my education that like I think a lot of teachers are like I'm out like that dreaded like growth plan my administrator at the time gave me a growth plan and I was like well this is the stupidest thing ever and I was mad and I acknowledged fully that I was (laughs) mad because when I read his growth plan and we had the conversation it had nothing to do with my teaching and I'm like I'm an educator I'm teaching the students why is like it it didn't make sense but it was literally this growth plan of like believe it or not um christy you do not talk to other educators and you're not communicating and you have this voice that we need to hear but you're not so you know i'm giving you a year to figure out how to work with other teachers and like you know actually communicate and that also shifted the impact of of my career and like i'm like oh man if he wouldn't have done that then i wouldn't you know, be out here talking to educational greats and having this podcast, you know, he really pushed me out of my boundaries and what seemed like the most horrible thing that could happen. And look at me now, like it's amazing and phenomenal. So I think just those positive and sometimes like potentially feel negative can really just change the course of where we go in a highly impactful way. So I love that you shared your story. Like it, it vibes so hardcore with where I think a lot of educators need to hear and just are scared to take that next step. I love it. Yeah. You know, and I, and I say this, um, it's really interesting. And so I think you, you said it so very, very well. You said you were so eloquent in saying that. And then I think one of the words that you said that was so poignant was vibe, vibing. And, and um, one of the things that I think that is very much so uh, a similarity, a commonality, if you will, between our experiences is there were different people along the way that were there to elevate us, 
let me say that one more time. There were different people along the way that were there to elevate us. And um, you had people there that were like that in your life. I've had people there that were like that in my life. And this is a quick point for those listening, a quick reflection point. And I think it's really for all of us to think about, have there been people in our lives that were there to help elevate us and we didn't recognize that they were there for that. And maybe we missed that opportunity. Maybe it, that opportunity is still there, maybe it's not, but really to ask, ask our, ourselves that question, to ask ourselves that question really, and implicitly within that is what? Self-reflection. And how many folks take time for self-reflection? But to really stop and ask ourselves, was that person there to help elevate me? And uh, one of the things that this does, that this kind of gets into, and I speak to this sometimes at different uh, speaking engagements, particularly with leadership audiences, is this thing called intent. Intent, not just what you do, but intent. And I think we all have to ask ourselves, when we're wanting someone else to be better and to become more and to do more and to achieve more, What's the intent? What's the purpose? Is it because we want the best for them? Is it because we think, well, if they do this, they'll be able to get this or do this for me? Where are we coming from in terms of intent? And then what that does is that really ties to motive. And uh, you know, you hear a lot of people say, I watch what people do, watch what people do. And what I've said a lot of times is when you focus on only that, you don't look at intent. People can go ahead and do all of the right things for all of the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at people who say, you know what, I'm on this earth to help elevate people. I'm on this earth to help people go ahead and fulfill what people want to fulfill in their lives. That's noble. That's good. That's trustworthy. That's for the betterment of society that elevates everyone. Um, when you come across those people, you're actually able to recognize that and say, you know what? I think this is a great opportunity in my life in real time. And I'll go ahead and share this quote. Uh, there may be some folks out there that were fans of his. I definitely know that I am, both when he was living and obviously since he has passed long ago. But I'm a huge fan of Zig Ziglar. And Zig Ziglar once said this, and he said it many, many times, obviously, right? And it's made an indelible impression upon me. You can have anything you want in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. You can have everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. Let me say that one more time because the first time I said it, it wasn't quite as, as crystal clear as I wanted it to be. So let me go ahead and repeat that one again. You can have everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. So the late great Zig Ziglar, you can Google that quote. It's a great quote. But really what it does is it makes you think about, you know, hey, if I help enough other people achieve their goals and desires and their righteous, noble goals, it's not anything that's going to tear anyone down or denigrate anyone. Um, that means I'm a maker of dreams coming true. I'm a part of that. And when, when you start thinking about things in that way, and let me say this, folks, for those that are thinking about, you know, hey, I'm trying to figure out what my next move is going to be professionally or how can I reinvent myself professionally? When you start doing that for people and that starts to become your rap, you will become even more so sought after. 
because people will say you get around that that woman, you get around that lady, you get around that man, you get around that dude. And let me tell you folks, your career is going to take off. But what they tell you sometimes is this, when you when we get around certain people, our thinking takes off. And I said this just a few days ago to a group of people that were new to the profession of teaching. I simply said this, always remember that God brings the right people at the right place at the right time. Let me say that one again. Always remember that God brings the right people at the right place at the right time. And when you are in a space where that's happening, folks, get ready to take off. Yes, and I want to piggyback off of that as well, because I know there's a lot of teachers, at least on my Twitter stream, I see a lot of teachers that are very frustrated right now because they've gotten their degrees, they're ready to go, they're ready to go, um, and they haven't found that right spot, and they're like, well, why am I not getting taken or whatever, and I just want to encourage those teachers as well, you have your place, and you will find your place, it just may not be your time yet. It may not be your place at that school, uh, but when you find that right place and you're at that right time, it's going to make everything so worth it. And I know for myself, when I first started, I was about three years out of my degree before I ever got my first official classroom position. And it was frustrating and heartbreaking. And it's like, because I kept hearing, you're amazing, you're amazing, we love you, but you don't have the experience that we need, you know. And when I first got my first offer, that's where I needed to be. And it's been a blessing to be there and to serve in all of those hundreds, thousands of children's lives that I've seen over the last 15 years um, and adults' lives to be a part of that as well. So just want to give that encouragement to teachers out there who may be frustrated just because you haven't found your right place yet. Um, don't don't quit. Don't keep keep pursuing what you're doing because it just may not be your place, your time yet. But don't quit. Don't get discouraged. Yeah, and I want to say this too, and and you bring up a great point for the people that are listening again. A few different things. One thing is in We've said this before, but I, I really feel uh, compelled, if you will. I feel compelled to go ahead and say it again for those that are listening to this. It's no accident you're, you're in this space right now. It's no accident. It's no coincidence. It's not luck. It's not some other type of happenstance. This is your date with your destiny. Let me say that again. This is your date with your destiny and so you might be at that point in your life, just like you were saying, you know, hey, I'm trying to figure this out. And is this going to be this? Is this going to be that? And uh, one of the things that I would say um, that I would share with you all is really this, folks, and a great place to take notes. Great, great, great place to take notes is to really think about how on this earth can I use my gifts and talents to elevate others? Now, let me say what is a prerequisite to that question. Another great place to take notes. And of course, this is not a life coaching session. Of course, I, I help some clients go ahead and do some things in a life coaching space. But what did I do with clients in that life coaching space and people that I coach, leaders that I coach, 
So you go through and, and kind of do what I call the inventory exercise. And so we start thinking about what are your gifts and talents? And uh, you just take out a piece of paper, blank piece of paper. Some of you folks out there may want to try this. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you just start writing down your gifts and talents. Blank sheet of paper. Might take you 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours. May take you half of the day. May take you all day. But write down all of your gifts and talents. And once you write down all of your gifts and talents, I want you to just take a look at that piece of paper. And that's who you are. That's who you are, and that's what you bring to the table, and that's what you are for other people. And if you say, well, Vernon, I'm, I'm not really sure what that I have any gifts and talents. I'm not sure that anybody ever, you know, wants to know what I, what I have to think of something. And typically what I've asked people before in the past is, have you ever had some major thing happen professionally or personally, seen it happen in somebody's life, and somebody text you or call you and say, hey, can you help explain this to me? Maybe I'm missing something. I want to get your advice about this. What do you think about this? People, people don't stop to think that person is seeking out my opinion. And let me tell you folks, nobody's going to seek out your opinion unless they see your opinion being of value. And you may have stopped it. Y'all may have not even stopped. Think about that. People are seeking out your opinion. And so when you start to think about that and what gifts and talents you have, that lets you know this is what I need to be 100% committed to in my life. Because I want to tell you this, folks, some of you may have seen that movie where they say build it and they will come. I'm going to say this for those that are listening right here, right now, this second, you reinvent and build yourself around your gifts and talents with the express purpose of elevating other people and you, you watch and see what doesn't happen to your career and what doesn't happen to your life for that matter when you do that consistently and that becomes really your reputation of who you are as a person and what you do. That's awesome. Wow, that is awesome. And I love the reinventing process because when you really start to explore that space and to take value in who you are and what you bring to the table, um, and then what that can do for other people, it truly is life-changing. Um, wow, just so much there. That's awesome. There's a, there's a lot there. And so I want to say this. A lot of times people will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little despondent. I'm a little down. You might have some people listening to this now that say, you know what, I'm down. I'm just not in a good place. Um, and I want to say this too for folks uh, that are listening and and. I know we have people in different positions and different uh, places, professionally and personally in their lives. And you may have gone through some things. You may have gone through some very tough things. And so I'll share just a little bit about me, but, you know, having gone through some things that I've gone through, one of the things that really helped me to keep perspective was me being able to say to myself, this is an opportunity for me to reinvent who I am whether you've gone through disappointment professionally, whether you've gone through something tough personally, this is an opportunity for me to say, you know what, there's a narrative or there's a story out there, but I create my own narrative. I'm going to create my own story. And it's the story where I come back and I win. I was just talking to someone that I mentor 
um, at the collegiate athletic level. And those that uh, follow me or have kind of seen some of the work that I do, you know that I mentor uh, several college football players. One of the things that, that I often talk to them about is telling their story. And so one of the things I want to go ahead and ask your listeners now rhetorically is have they ever thought about what their story is? Because I promise you, I promise you, I promise you folks, you're probably sitting there and you mentioned the imposter syndrome earlier, right? Everybody's mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, I don't know anything. And people are going to find me out and then it's going to be an imposter syndrome. And I had a mentor many, many years ago, a long time mentor. He's not in education, has nothing to do with education, but a very wealthy man. One of the things he told me one time is he said, Vernon, when you're speaking, speak of your own story. Because when you're speaking of your own story, you're speaking from a position of authority because you're the one who's lived your story. Mm -hmm. And so when we speak of our story, I promise you, audience listeners, that there's someone out there in that audience who is saying to themselves internally, they may not ever say anything out loud. They're really asking themselves, is this person going to speak to my story as they say and tell theirs? because everyone is always looking to make a connection or find a commonality in someone else. How can you say that, Vernon? Because we're hardwired two ways. What are the two ways? We have what I call an individual identity and then we have a collective identity. So in other words, I have an identity as part of a group. You're a Texas State Bobcat. So whenever somebody says Texas State Bobcats, whenever somebody wears a t-shirt, Texas State Bobcats, you can identify with that because you're part of that collective identity. True. But when we start talking about a heart for teaching, that's a little bit different. That's not quite the collective identity. And so again, little pro tip out there for folks that um, are listening here. And uh, it's certainly my desire anytime that I'm on a show uh, that, you know, we give you something and we provide some value for you and some things that you can not only think about, some things you can do. Like you can, as soon as you quit listening, you can go ahead and put some pen to paper or start typing and put, put uh, some typing uh, to work and start generating some typing uh, on a computer. But to really think about what is my individual identity? And then what's my collective identity? Or simply ask yourself this, what groups am I a part of? Were you a part of the military? Were you in a fraternity? Were you in a sorority? Were you in some professional club? Are you in Rotary? Are you in Lions? Are you in the Kiwanis Club? Are you, so, and those are just examples. Were you in athletics? Uh, just different things for you to think about because those are the circles you're in, you have a collective identity, but then you also have an individual identity. And one thing I will say is this real quick, cause I know we've stayed in this for a while, but I just wanna make sure you know that, that we're giving as much information and strategies and tips and things that people can take and they can turn around and do and implement. Um, when I started getting into teacher leadership, that was before I went back to school, graduate school for my uh, master's in leadership. One of the things I was introduced to as a teacher leader was this thing called MBTI, mm 
Myers-Briggs type indicator, BTI. M is in Mark, B is in Bravo, uh, T is in Tango, I is in Iowa. Uh, MBTI, Myers-Briggs type indicator. And so if you've never taken the Myers-Briggs type indicator, uh, which tells you kind of what your personality is like, um, and you say, hey, I want to take the test, go to 16personalities.com. 16 like the number, one six, and then the whole word personalities.com. Go to 16personalities.com, take the free assessment. Yes, it's free. It takes you about minutes. Once you get through taking a free assessment, after 10 minutes, you get your results emailed to you. And I will tell you, I've done that over the years in professional development and different settings and you know, speaking engagements and consulting work in different settings. And it's been powerful. I've had people say, so this is why I act the way I act. <laughs> or this aligns with what my wife says I am. Or this is what this aligns with what my husband says I am. Or my boyfriend or girlfriend or what have you, my significant other. This aligns with what they say I am and uh, to be able to go ahead and see that. And so I'll say this real quick. When we take an like that, and this is a major point, although subtle, very major, it gives us the opportunity to put a mirror in front of our face. And that is a very powerful tool is that reflective looking at who we are being honest with ourselves is powerful. One of my favorite tools in education and why I think that I continue to grow as an educator is because I will always look back, see, um, and accept that and and listen to, to feedback as well. But that reflective tool, that mirror, I like that, the image of the mirror. Awesome. Well, Vernon, do you have any other advice? Because we're going into a brand new school year and we have educators from all scenes of the world, some in leadership, some in speaking, some just going into the classrooms with that small sphere of influence. What advice would you give to everybody as they're coming into this brand new year, hopefully fired up and ready to go and make a difference? But what advice would you give to yeah, educators? Uh, absolutely. Phenomenal question. And I just want to say this. Um, no matter what level you're at, folks, no matter what level you're at, make connections with people, build relationships. We talk about that a lot, right? Build relationships. Relationships are important. Relationships are key. I told someone um, just the other day that, you know, there's this saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So build relationships. Well, one of the things we presume in the business is that if someone has a degree and someone passed a certain certification test, that uh, that means automatically they are ready to go ahead and innately just build appropriate relationships with people. And it doesn't necessarily mean that. So you may be wondering, you know, Vernon, how do I start with that? Uh, can you give me an approach or a way to turn around tomorrow? I'm going to be around some people and how can I open up the conversation? What's an opener, as some people might call it, uh, in vernacular or in slang, a colloquialism? What's an opener that I can use? And simply that opener is this. I have what I call the big three questions. I'll go ahead and share the first one of those three here with you today. And by the way, uh, as I'm sharing this with you all, those that have followed uh, me over time, over the years, uh, you know that this is something that I have used many, many, many times over the years in different places. 
so it is field tested by yours truly. And simply the question is this, of what you're working on right now, what are you absolutely passionate about? Of what you are working on right now, what are you absolutely passionate about? And one more time, the third time, because repetition is our friend. Of what you are working on right now, what are you absolutely passionate about? And so why would we ask that question? Here's why we would ask that question, because in a great, another great place to take this, folks, is this right here. Whatever a person is passionate about is what they're going to put their all into. Let me say that one more time. Whatever a person is passionate about, that's what they're going to put their all into. You, can you cannot mandate that someone give you innovation. You cannot mandate that, folks. That is an act of volition internally that each one of us has to make for us to say, okay, I, I make the decision internally to give this to someone. Okay. So build relationships. There's a question for you to take and you can start building relationships. The thing I want to go ahead and say is this, and I mentioned it earlier, another great opportunity for people to go ahead and take this down if they missed it the first time at the beginning of the show as we bring this to a close and a wrap. And again, what an honor, privilege, and pleasure it is to have been with you all here today on this episode. It was no coincidence. It's truly a date with destiny. And that is the quote from the late great Dr. Stephen Covey, who said, keep the main thing, the main thing. Let me say one more time. Keep the main thing, the main thing. So those of you that are out there in those different spaces over the course of the year, if you're stuck in meetings that uh, they were scheduled to be 15 minutes and you look at your watch an hour later and it sounds like and looks like everyone has lost their way <laughs> and you're nowhere near focused on what you were supposed to be supposed to have been focused on when the original meeting started, simply go ahead and ask yourself, are we keeping the main thing, the main thing? And after you ask yourself that silently, obviously politely raise your hand. And of course, when you are recognized for the decorum in that space, obviously go ahead and ask the question rhetorically, are we keeping the main thing, the main thing? And typically that's going to lead someone else to go ahead and ask what is the main thing? And that uh, opens up a great little side dialogue to go ahead and bring everyone back to where they should be. Because at the end of the day, folks, I'm going to tell you this, at the very end of the day, going to tell you this people may forget what you said they may forget what you have taught but they will never forget how you made them feel and so we must collectively help each other assist each other encourage each other elevate each other even use the bible word edify e-d-i-f-y we must edify each other because and i will end with this the two c's that i often talk about you have curriculum and you have culture and i will tell you folks if you don't have culture i don't care how good your curriculum is i don't care how great your lesson plans are you're going to have a struggle at best and that is what i have seen over the years so the culture must be there let's build the culture establish the culture and then we can build that house upon which curriculum can sit on top of that foundation of culture. So many huge nuggets of wisdom in there. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share that. And listeners, I hope you take to heart, like even a little bit of what 
Mr. Vernon has said today, because these are powerful, powerful things that truly, truly not only make you a better educator, but a better person, especially that defining who you are and what your passion and purpose is. And like, it's so incredible when you finally start pursuing your passion and your purpose and just don't be scared like live it live the dream and I want to say thank you again like you say like how awesome it was for you to be on the show but I I am honored that you've taken the time to share all of this wisdom that you have in such a short space of time because I'm like yes this like all of this like everybody just needs to listen to this let's do this like it's amazing and I really appreciate that you've taken the time to just be so open and vulnerable with us and sharing part of your story and your heart and passion like wow what an amazing experience this has been and the honor is all mine to have you on the show so thank you so much and would you very very welcome would you please just share one more time, just in case they missed it at the beginning or weren't able to write it down, how is the best way that our listeners can follow you, ask questions, get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. And again, let me say this before we close with that. Um, what a privilege and what an honor it is to have been in this space uh, on your show, to even have been invited as a guest to be on your show uh, not to mention the great honor of actually being on it and, and having had the honor of sharing and exchanging ideas with you, obviously, as the show host and uh, sharing what I hope is of value uh, to your audience and to your listeners out there. Again, the, Ver the name is Vernon Wright, first name Vernon, V-E-R-N-O-N, last name Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T across all major socials, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, for those that are on LinkedIn as well, Clubhouse too, if you're out there, at sign the right leader, T-H-E, right, W-R-I-G-H-T, leader, L-E-A-D-E-R, the right leader, at sign the right leader. If you want to say, hey, Vernon, this has been great, listen to your podcast, man, had a great time, I want to connect with more of your work. Is there something out there, some place out there where I can go and I can see what you've done? Well, we've got you all taken care of right there. Different podcasts and shows I've been on, different blogs that I've written, even the book that I was a collaborative author on. You can also go ahead and find that and so many other things at therightleader.com. So would love to connect with you all out there. And uh, for those that might say, you know what, Vernon, I'm interested in maybe even having you come to our district and talk to us and share about your story with us. When you go to the rightleader.com, there's a section there where you can click on that and you can reach out to me and we can talk about those opportunities. So again, what a privilege, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I appreciate it. You have been listening to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore our purpose and our why in the field of education. If you would like more information or to share your own purpose in education, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at A Heart for Teaching. I look forward to hearing from you soon and please tune in to the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching.